Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us, as always, as we count down just a couple of days now until the start of the 2021 NFL draft and there's going to be so much to talk about before, during and after here on the Lothan Giants podcast and just really thrilled and excited to bring it all to you. Joining me on today's show, I have good friend Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. We're going to kick around a few pre-draft thoughts. Uh try to make some sense out of the rumors, smoke screens, and what the Giants might do as we get so, so close to this mock, to the actual draft. So, Ed, thank you so much, as always, for finding some time to come on with me. I know it's very busy this time of year as we all get stuff written and ready to go for Thursday night, but appreciate you as always. Oh, thanks for having me on, Patty. You know, this gives me something to do besides, you know, sit and and, and run mock draft simulations and, and and read rumors that won't come true. So, <laughs> so happy to happy to join you for a little while. Well, always happy to chat with you and Ed. You know, speaking of rumors, you know, we we have seen so many rumors with the Giants. We've seen trade down scenarios. We've seen scenarios where they take a defensive player, an offensive player. Let's try and make some sense out of these and, and just, you know, take these rumors and try and, and, and talk them through in, in terms of what makes sense versus what's just some wild fantasy. And, you know, we both obviously were on the call with Dave Gettleman and Chris Pettit and before that Dave Gettleman and, and Kevin Abrams. And not too much was disclosed there, but little tiny crumbs, I think, leaked out as they always do. So I'm going to start off by asking you, what's your gut feeling at number 11 for the Giants? My gut feeling and and I think maybe what I would do are probably two different things, Patty. My gut feeling is that if Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith is there at 11, that the Giants go for the receiver, that they go for the home run. I mean, Gettleman talked a lot about needing touchdown makers. And, you know, Jalen Waddell is certainly a touchdown maker, both as a wide receiver and as a kick returner. Devonta Smith is also a guy that with big playability. I just think, you know, everybody focuses on the offensive line, and I can certainly see a case for Rashawn Slater, a uh, guy that would probably step right in at a guard spot, could offer the Giants flexibility to move out and play right tackle. But I, I, my gut feeling is 
is is wide receiver give Daniel Jones one more uh, you know one more weapon on the outside in addition to uh, to the signing of Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, we were talking a little bit offline about um, receiver and how I think just based on the contracts, and this is something I always look at in trying to forecast what the Giants might do. Sterling Shepard is getting the last of his guaranteed money this year. Kenny Galladay, which, and this is something I don't think has been brought up enough, but I'm going to mention it for what it's worth. Kenny Galladay has a per game roster bonus in just the first year of his contract. He is, of course, coming off that hip injury. So you, you just wonder if perhaps the Giants want to reinforce that receiver group um, because really, I don't think that receiver group is, is, is filled out as well as it could be. Well, let's, let's just say, yes, the Giants signed John Ross, but you can't, you can't make any draft decisions based on having John Ross on your roster. John Ross has really done nothing in his NFL career except prove that he can run fast. So, so that's really a non-factor. You're 100% right, I think, to look at Sterling Shepard and look at that contract and point out that that his guaranteed money is is paid after this season. It wouldn't shock me at all, Patty, if this is the final year for Sterling Shepard as a New York Giant. Um, and and if if the Giants, you know, Dave Dave said the other day, he's you know in in response to a question that you asked him, he talked about you know planning ahead and looking at contracts and drafting a year ahead. Sometimes the Giants have often done that at defensive tackle. And if they were to draft Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith, it not only covers them in 2021 because Shepard's had injury issues, Galladay's had injury issues, Darius Slayton has had some injury issues in his two years. It covers them in 2021. It also gives them a slot receiver to step in for Shepard in 2022 and going forward after that. Especially in a year when after Kevin Abrams, the assistant general manager and salary cap manager for the team, basically admitted that there could be some problems given how all the contracts are structured. And, you know, that's something I took a look at it and I could see where they would have some significant issues with the salary cap next year. So you just get the impression this that they're all in. You know, that's why they, they added so many free agents. I think that also compensated for the fact that they only have six draft picks, which I believe is the second lowest number of draft picks. Of, and, and they're tied with several other teams that have that number. But it is the second lowest uh, draft capital of any NFL club. So they're all in. And obviously, you know, with Daniel Jones entering that critical third season, they've got to find out once and for all. I mean, we've we've heard them say that, you know, they have confidence in Daniel Jones, that he's their guy, but he's got to start winning. So to me, receiver makes a ton of sense. It does. And especially when you look at at the other options offensively, I mean, you can get and it's not going to be Rashawn Slater. And if it's in the second round, it's not going to be Elijah Vera Tucker. But in round two, round three, maybe even into round four, you can get a player who can come in and compete with Will Hernandez and Shane Lemieux and Zach Fulton 
and perhaps wind up as a week one starter at the guard position. So if you're looking at Slater, for example, purely as a guard, you maybe you, you maybe you wait and, and you get one a little bit later. Uh, there are, you know, there are questions about the edge rusher group and, and everybody has a favorite edge rusher, you know, as do I, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. And, but I just don't know if the giants would go edge at 11, even though it's a big need, just, Wide receiver seems to make the most sense. It does. It does. And Ed, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. I just want to talk about some of the other scenarios that have been floated out there. Uh, so, folks, we'll be right back after this message. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just do a search for the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and is fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. What is good, Giants fans? Listen up. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and they're offering complimentary bottles to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231 231- Two, three, one. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass as well. There's a reason that Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. Simply put, it works. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. Just text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trana here with you, and I'm joined by Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we are talking Giants pre-draft. We're talking different scenarios. We've already talked about how we both think it's going to be a wide receiver. But Ed, let's let's just go back and, and talk about a couple a couple of the other scenarios that have been floated. You know, some people have said it's going to be an edge rusher, that maybe Micah Parsons might be the guy. I think that, you know, just in hearing what Chris Pettit had to say. He said that it was a pretty, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting him exactly because I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said it was a pretty good class for edge rushers. And, you know, do you think that Parsons, if they went Parsons at 11, is that good value at that spot? Or do you think that they can maybe come up with somebody on day two to, to fill that role? 
Well, Parsons is good value to me, Patty, because when I study Micah Parsons and some people that like, you know, Patrick Sertain maybe would argue with me. But when I look at Micah Parsons, I see the best defensive player in the 2021 draft class. And I know that technically he's an off-ball linebacker, but but he's a difference maker. The thing about Parsons, and I don't have access to the information, you don't have access to the information, as to what the Giants in particular think of all of the, the off-the-field character concerns with Micah Parsons, some of the various incidents that, that he's been involved in, you know, maybe some of the things he's said or done that show some lack of maturity. And I wonder, you know, after the issues that the Giants had with Eli Apple, which was a Jerry Reese draft pick, after the issues that they went through with DeAndre Baker, I wonder if Giants ownership would sign off on, on Micah Parsons at 11, um, just because, as you said, this pick is so important. The Giants need impact from this player. They, you know, they can't have this particular pick you sort of, you know, backfire on them, you know, per se. So I just wonder if if those issues with Micah Parsons would, you know, would prevent the Giants from taking him there. Yeah, I I, th- I thought about that too, and and you know, I, I forget which publication it was. I think one of the papers, actually, I think it was the Post. It might have been actually uh, drew a comparison with Odell Beckham Jr. and and just you know alleging that Parsons was kind of a a high maintenance guy. I you know I don't know that to be true. I don't know the guy. I haven't covered him. I think uh, the Post reported that, but um, look. Here's the other thing, you know, Joe Judge has built a certain type of uh, of locker room atmosphere. And, and, you know, when you look at these guys, are they going to fit? And, you know, they have a good enough, I think, structure internally with a lot of veterans who can show these guys the right way to do things. But, you know, at the same time, Ed, you look at the pass rush, rush situation you know, they're getting back Lorenzo Carter, hopefully, who will be healthy and who's also, by the way, in the final year of his rookie deal. O'Shane Zimenez has flashed, but not really, you know, made to sit up and say, OK, great, he's the future. They're taking a flyer on uh, Odenigbo, the kid that they signed from from Minnesota. Where else is that pass rush coming from? I mean, the, to me, the only other way they can get it is if they build up that back end of the uh, of the defense and, you know, really fix it so that they can get coverage sacks. And that leads to some of the speculation that we've seen that the Giants might take, you know, Patrick Sertain or, or J.C. Horn, one of the cornerbacks at 11. I'm not sure that. That that's a direction that I would go, Patty, but you can make that back to front argument. It is one when you think about it and you think about the New England Patriots, where Joe Judge came from, obviously, when you think about that, they were one of those teams that that for a number of years went all in on that back to front sort of philosophy. So so you could see the Giants doing that it's not necessarily my favorite scenario I mean my 
my edge rusher that I really like for the New York Giants, and some people argue that that it's just too early to take this guy at number 11. Maybe you'd want to trade back for him. The edge rusher I really like for Patrick Graham is Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. I just I see a guy that does all of the multiple things that Graham likes. Standing up, going forward with his hand in the ground, ability to go backward, you know, and play a little bit in short areas in coverage. And we can argue all day about whether he's he's worthy of the 11th overall pick. I think he is if the Giants really want to go edge rusher. A lot of other people don't. A lot of other people don't think he's the best edge in the class. And and that's that's one of the beauties of the draft is I think everybody sees something a little bit different. Indeed. And, uh, you know, I always tell people that the way we on the outside view the Giants needs isn't necessarily how they view their needs, which which also makes this very difficult. Now, you know, we've talked edge rusher. We've talked, um, you know, receiver. We've talked, um, you know, potentially it could be a back, somebody on the back end, another cornerback. Let's stay there for a moment, you know, because a lot of people are like, you know, when, when you bring up the idea that it could be a cornerback, that maybe a Patrick Sertain falls to the Giants at number 11, that maybe you jump on that. And people are like, what are you nuts? They just signed, you know, Adore Jackson. You know, where, where would they put Patrick Sertain? I kind of like the idea of adding another cornerback and I would not be surprised if they add another cornerback at some point in the draft because again you can't fix everything in one offseason and in one draft and I just think in the passing league you know yes it would be nice if you had a stud pass rusher but I think it would be a lot nicer if you had a solid leak proof defensive secondary don't you well, I agree with that, Patty. And, you know, there are increasing analytical studies that say that coverage is more important than pass rush. I'm not necessarily sure that that I'm there yet in terms of, of agreeing with that. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit old fashioned and and pass rush is still, you know, a, a big thing for me. Pass rush off the edge really matters. But when you think about how much quick game you know, NFL offenses are running. How many of those throws are behind the line of scrimmage now? How many of them are, you know, catch the ball and release it when, you know, from the quarterback? And you need guys that, that can cover. You need guys that can make the tackle as soon as a catch is made. Um, you need, a, and I've always said you need a lot of, of, of cornerbacks. I wholeheartedly agree that. At some point in this draft, the Giants need to add a cornerback. I mean, let's be realistic. You've got James Bradbury. You've got a Dory Jackson. Is there anybody else on that roster? If one of those two guys gets hurt, is there anybody else on that roster that you really, really want out there playing significant cornerback snaps on the outside? I mean, we're talking about Sam Beal. We're talking about Isaac Yadam. We're talking about a couple of uh, of free agents that uh, that the Giants signed, you know, over the offseason that are are special teams guys. I, I don't see anybody out there that I really, really, really want playing a lot of snaps as a as a third outside corner. So, so I certainly think 
that they have to uh, that they have to add a corner somewhere in the draft if it's at all possible if the value is there. As for drafting one at number eleven, Dave Gettleman did say the other day that a Dory Jackson offers inside outside flexibility. He offers the ability to go inside. I've seen film on J.C. Horn, the corner of South Carolina, where he has been lined up inside. You know, Patrick Graham is is liable to to use a lot of guys inside. And I actually wonder, based on the way last season ended, I wonder how committed the Giants are to Darnay Holmes. Because I know Darnay was hurt for a little while. But when Xavier McKinney came back, Darnay Holmes barely saw the field. So I wonder, even though it seems like he had a decent rookie season, I wonder how committed the Giants are to Darnay Holmes. And 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 I wouldn't argue with them if they went ahead and, and picked a corner. Yeah, that's a good point, Ed, because, uh, you know, Darnay Holmes wasn't horrible. I mean, he didn't have a bad rookie season, but you're, you're so right because, you know, Xavier McKinney came along and they had Logan Ryan. And I think, you know, Originally, the plan was to have Xavier McKinney play the roles that Logan Ryan played. And, you know, all of a sudden now they had too many guys and they had to figure out where to put everybody. And so they made that decision. So very interesting. But let's take um, a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about some day two and day three value moves and and potential picks there um, when we come back. So, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code locked on. Bet online, your sports book experts. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't tried the all new Built Bar, you're really missing out. They offer an amazing assortment of flavors, both of the nut and nut free varieties, which is sure to appease any taste. And can I take a moment to tell you about their new Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar? Folks, this is by far my favorite a Built Bar selection and a perfect way for me to swap out a meal or if my day is particularly busy and I need a quick bite, tide me over until my next meal. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they really taste like you're eating a candy bar, except you're not. You're indulging in a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber treat that's great for the keto diet or any diet plan you happen to be on. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the special promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trana and I'm joined by Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we are talking Giants draft. It's coming up tomorrow. Be there. So, uh, Ed, let's talk now about day two, day three prospects. Now, 
I think you and I are both on the same page as far as it'll probably be a receiver at number 11. It'll be one of the two Bama receivers, I would think. I think you and I agree that an edge rusher can be had later on in the draft, as can a guard and potentially a cornerback. What are some of the other positions that you think the Giants might address with the remaining picks they have? And who are some of the names that you like? Patty, the one that I come to over and over and over when I do, you know, the six round mock draft simulations, I come back to running back again and again and again. Um, I know Saquon Barkley is coming back. I know that the Giants signed Devontae Booker. But two running backs isn't going to be enough on a 53-man roster. I I can't imagine that the Giants wouldn't look to add another running back to the mix. Now, maybe that's in the draft, you know, somewhere on day three. Maybe that's later on this summer when they, when they look at, you know, low-cost guys that they could bring in for a veteran minimum. Um, I think a guy that I keep coming back to is Devontae Freeman, who who's still sitting out there as a free agent and could probably be had in training camp as a guy. You know, the Giants had a little bit of exposure to him last year. But I just think running back is is one of is one of those spots. You want late round names. Jarrett Patterson out of Buffalo is a guy that that intrigues me. Um, the kid out of Louisiana that that Giants current offensive line coach Rob Sale is really, really familiar with. Elijah Mitchell is a name that intrigues me, maybe in the sixth round. Uh, would the Giants be willing to use a fourth round pick maybe on a guy like Trey Sermon? I don't know if that's too early, but, uh, you know, but, but those are some those are some names that. That I, that I kick around in my head. Yeah, I uh, I wonder about running back. You know, I I also wonder if maybe they can pick somebody up as an undrafted free agent. And you know, Ed, I think we need to also mention to those who are listening. Um, this year, the NFL put down a rule that for the rookie minicamp, which I believe teams are going to be able to hold this year, they can only have, I think, five tryout players. So uh, that's going to be kind of interesting. Usually the Giants and, and as other teams in the past, they would bring in a ton of, you know, a ton of players to basically fill out an entire roster uh, that they would have for that weekend. And then they would sign guys that really stood out and that's not going to be permitted this year because of the ongoing pandemic. So it makes you wonder if, you know, running back is a position where right now, if they do take a running back, you're talking a guy would be number three on the depth chart potentially. And would that ordinarily have been an undrafted free agent? That's, that's what makes you wonder. And, and that also is something you have to take into consideration when planning for the, you know, the bottom of, of the, uh, the day two and day three of the draft. That's true, Patty. I mean, and the other position, you know, we the other position that I think about at some point is is the defensive tackle, is you know maybe the nose tackle. That we know that the Giants, you know, they they let go, uh, they let Dalvin Tomlinson go. We know that Dave Gettleman said he really didn't want to do that, but the Giants had to make a choice. The Giants re-signed Austin Johnson. They brought in Danny Shelton. 
But to me, both of those guys, they have one-year deals. They're both journeymen. They're not long-term answers beyond 2021. It wouldn't surprise me at all if somewhere in the middle of the draft, people say it's not a deep defensive tackle class, but if if the Giants took somebody like the the monstrous defensive tackle out of LSU, Tyler Shelvin, you know, 350-pound guy, nose tackle, run stuffer, just seems like a Dave Gettleman kind of guy, or looked at, you know, looked at one of the other, you know, interior defensive tackles that might be available just to, to try to supplement that position, try to build some depth, uh, you know, in the middle and, and try to keep, uh, I know they don't like using Dexter Lawrence on the nose. I think he only played two dozen, three dozen snaps last year as a pure nose tackle if you look at the the pro football focus numbers so i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised at all if they added somebody to that mix you know on the nose what would surprise you most i mean totally a jaw we're talking a jaw dropper you know something that the giants would do that would just be like holy smokes i didn't see that coming well we know that Dave Gettleman loves Kyle Pitts. We know that. He admitted that the other day, basically. I don't know that he loves him the way that he loved Saquon Barkley a couple of years ago, but Dave loves Kyle Pitts. The jaw dropper to me would be if the Giants would actually move up to go get Kyle Pitts. I can't see it. I wouldn't understand it. I'm not sure I would support it. When you would have to give up multiple draft picks in a year when you don't have much draft capital and even into next year where it's, you know, the, the early reports are that it should be a deep draft. I, I wouldn't really be in favor of giving up draft capital next year. I, I, like I said, I'm not sure I would like it at all, but that would be the jaw dropper for me is if Dave actually likes Kyle Pitts enough to go get him. Yeah, I would love it if Kyle Pitts fell down to them at number number 11, but I don't see it happening. And, and you know, that, that raises another question, and this is something I get a lot, and I'll, and I'll ask you for, for what it's worth. A lot of people ask me if the Giants will maybe trade, look to trade to get more assets this year. I don't think they will because, as you said, next year's class is going to be a lot deeper. That said, if you're the Giants, do you maybe look to – move Evan Ingram out of here um, now that you have Kyle Rudolph and Caden Smith and Levine Toilolo coming back, or do you stick with Evan Ingram and just, you know, hope to get the best out of him? Because remember, Dave talked about, you know, uh, not the remorse in losing Dalvin Tomlinson. And, and uh, there was also, I think it was, was it John Mara that talked about, you know, why didn't you trade? you know, Dalvin Tomlinson when you had the chance and you could have gotten something for it. Do you think maybe the Giants have learned their lesson? Because let's face it. I mean, if they do trade Evan Ingram, he counts for a little over 6 million against the cap. They've got Jabril Peppers counting for a little over 6 million against the cap. They don't have a heck of a lot of cap space to get these kids signed as well as to do what they need to do during the the season for emergencies. Patty, I could certainly see a scenario where the Giants moved on from Evan Ingram. Look, I don't think they're going to be in a hurry to do that. But if somebody comes to 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 the Giants and and offers a third round pick 
for Evan Ingram, which I'm not sure anybody actually would. If if the Giants look at it and say, you know, we're not 100% sure he's a guy that's going to be on our roster after 2021, maybe you have to take that. Um, I can certainly uh, – now if, now, if you somehow – you know, fall into getting Kyle Pitts, then I think you absolutely look to move, look to move Engram and, and see if you can find some, some extra draft capital. But I, I can certainly see the Giants if, if somebody comes and says you, you can have a third round pick for Evan. Um, I, I can certainly see a scenario where the Giants would, would absolutely think about doing that. And of course, you know, Joe Judge has, said at the end of last year that you know they were they were going to stick by him and you know look it, it, it's a shame because the guy's got so much talent but they haven't been able to really uncork it yet for for whatever the reason I mean I, I just don't get it yeah it's it's odd I mean he has all of the skills that you want you know in terms of of being able to stretch the defense in terms of speed to run away from guys and and he works hard and he's a good guy and you and I have both talked to him in the locker room he's a stand up guy you know who who takes responsibility he doesn't shy away from anything you know he seems to be a really good teammate for whatever reason he, you know he's just not as consistent catching the ball as you need a pass catching tight end to be and and that's and that's frustrating it really is. But uh, you know what, Ed? We're going to have answers soon enough. You know, I, I actually equate the draft to, you know, a television series. It's like you've been – it started in January, all the speculation. You watch things unfold, the pro days, you know, who's meeting with who and everything. And then the draft is like the accumulation of all that, like like – the series finale or the season finale, I should say, of a television series in which you finally get the answers you've been waiting for for all this, all these weeks. So it's going to be exciting. So before we sign off, Ed, let everybody know what you got coming up on Big Blue View, how you're planning to tackle the draft and whatnot. Well, Patty, I just want to let folks know, I mean, we posted our our annual big board the other day. We do a, a horizontal vertical big board that shows what round we value players in. That's a great tool. Uh, we've got uh, on our YouTube channel, there's a ton of videos of uh, various position breakdowns. We're going to continue looking at position breakdowns. We're going to have... You know, instant analysis of of uh, all of the picks on Thursday night. Uh, we're gonna have podcasts up after each round. We're gonna try to give you uh, anything and everything that you need. And and I know that folks listening to this show love your site at Giants Country. But you know, when 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 they get tired of uh, of of reading your stuff, and I'm not sure that they would, Patty. I don't I don't want to get you mad at me <laughs> when they get tired of reading your stuff. You know, come on over and and see what we've got going on at Big Blue View. Very well said, Ed. I know you don't want to start a fight. No, I am not starting. Patty, <laughs> we've talked about this before. I have never won a fight with my wife in 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 thirty some years, and I'm probably never going to win a fight with you either. No, you won't. And it's not a fair <laughs> fight anyway. I mean, if Lee hasn't won one, you're, what chance do you have, right? Uh, so. I, I, I know better, Patty. I know better. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. See, this is what I miss. You know, the camaraderie, you know, that that we didn't have last year in the press box. But who knows? Maybe hopefully this year as as everybody gets vaccinated and as everybody, you know, hopefully uh, we get a better control on this this uh, pandemic. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll all be back in the press box again. It would certainly be fun. So, Ed, thank you, as always, for the time. Giant fans, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in again uh, tomorrow. We're going to have David Turner is going to help me preview um, the draft. David Turner, former NFL scout, worked for the Giants, the 49ers, a bunch of other teams. He's going to help me break down the latest rumors because let's face it, they are the rumor mill is, is churning like crazy. So tune in tomorrow. And then again, we will have draft coverage all weekend long. So keep it here on Giants Country. For Ed Valentine, I'm Patricia Trainer. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from the Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st.